You found it. The no-nonsense, no-script podcast you've been waiting for. Real people on real issues. Welcome to Dynamic Independence. The home of logic, reason, and common sense. Let's do it. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Johnny Anderson, and I'm joined today by Bruce Adams and Marty Foster. Good evening, gentlemen. Fantastic to have you both here this evening. Marty, it's good to see you. And been looking forward to this one. Been looking forward to this one tonight because uh, you and I have been kind of texting back and forth all weekend talking about, well, what happened here and how did this go and, and why is it like this and, and what's happened here. So tonight we're going to talk about we're, we're going to look at what we're seeing. We're going to talk about what happened and we're going to talk about what we think is coming next. So we're going to give a snapshot of what happened and where we all think it's going to go. Now, I, I've got my own opinions on this and I'm going to uh, air my grievances this evening. But uh, this evening, we're not going to waste time with, uh, you know, petty intros and all that stuff because we got more more fish in the kettle, as um, as you English would have it. So um, let's <laughs> let's uh, okay. let's start. It, it's a little out of context. I know kettle of fish. I'm trying to I'm trying to put it all into the in there together. But right. let's start with you, Marty. What you want to talk about? Where you, where you want to go with this? And uh, I, I, we got plenty of UK stuff to cover tonight as well, uh, mixed in with all this. So I'm assuming that we want to start. We want to lead off here with the election. So wh- what do you, what do you have on the election from your standpoint in the UK? From my standpoint. Having to suffer the outrageous smiles and besmir- besmirchments. Hang on, that's a, that's a difficult word. Um, uh, Are you mocking yeah. me from all times? Voiceferious? What was that? Yeah, that- all right. It was the fourth cut. I'd, I'd literally, you heard the final cut. You didn't hear everything where I was flustered and I was all pissed off. You, yeah. It is the, the, the most ever strangulation of the word vociferous that I've ever heard. But no, yeah. I've been watching the news. I was watching the the um the news channels over the weekend. I am utterly disgusted with the BBC. Um it was a done deal even before they started counting votes as far as the um BBC reporters were concerned. And uh just tonight um watching the news before I've come on here and um they're, they're talking about president-elect Joe Biden and Donald Trump. And the smiles and the expression on the newsreaders' faces, uh, it, it, it really, really irritated me. They should be neutral in it all. And I honestly think that those that aren't part of the plot, the plan, don't really understand just how bad a result for the whole world this has been. Um, I've had discussions um, over the last couple of days with friends. I've seen all the stuff on Facebook, and it's irritated me in the extreme. But what really, really irritates me is how complex and yet open to corruption your system of election is. The fact that there's no voter ID, the fact that voter registration, these posting or mail-in votes... They were just big bundles of ballot sheets dumped in places, and the same guy could have filled in any number of them. Um, I was listening to you two guys talk over the, you know, during the week, during the, the for, for the podcasts, and I just couldn't get it's frozen. 
now they've got another 150,000 votes. And all those 150,000 votes were for the Democrats. None, not even one. 100%, yeah. Yeah, no, none of these votes out of these um, ones that have just turned up at four o'clock in the morning was for a Republican. And, um, you know, it, it just absolutely, well, it, it confuses me as to as to why you've got a system that is so open to to corruption. Now, the Democrats, in fact, most of the non-conservative world were incredibly surprised at Donald Trump's success in 2016. So they've had four years to get it right, and they weren't going to let him have a second term under any circumstances. And I have no proof, and I can't wait for the proof to be put in front of courts, but I firmly believe that the election was stolen. So that's that's where I stand with it. And I'm not a fan of Trump, by the way. I'm not yeah, a fan no, I, of Trump. Yeah, I understand. And I, I know a lot of people where I'm at as well. They're not fans of Trump, but they're they're looking at it like they're, they're saying, what, how, how on earth did this happen? Because as you said, he was leading in all these states and then they stopped counting. They froze the counts. And then all of a sudden there's ballots dumped everywhere and they were all 100 it, percent. It's as, it's as clear as the day is is long. It's right out here. It's naked in front of everybody. Now, Honestly, I, I I think at the end of this, it's there's a bigger issue here. I understand you have Trump, you have Biden, but at the end of it, we have a bigger problem that we all need to deal with and we need to overcome that. But as it relates to the election, I agree with you. Now, whether or not Biden actually, if, if Biden legit wins as in straight out and there's no funny business going on, I accept that. Same thing with Obama. I didn't like it. I didn't like his policies. I, I didn't like where the guy came from, but the guy won fair and square. I mean, I'm not going to say there wasn't any funny business going on on either side, but clearly the guy had the support. You look at Joe Biden, this guy can't get 100 people. He, hell, he can't even get 50. He gets 13 people in a hula hoop contest in a, in a parking lot somewhere. That's all he can do. The teleprompter is oh, bigger than the crowds yeah. this guy brings in. I've seen those clips uh, of, of the campaign trail. And um, yeah, he was in an empty car park. Yeah. There's no two ways about it. The only people that were there were the outside broadcast media people. Yeah, there might have been a small crowd somewhere, but it certainly wasn't shown on my TV when no. when I watched it. Um, but the, yeah, here's, uh, the map, here's the thing. Sorry, I've got some Karen. numbers. I, I've got some numbers before we get too far ahead of this. But I've got some numbers because I want to I want to go over these numbers. This this screenshot was sent to me last night over all of the states that right when they froze the count, this is what the counts were. OK, so this is when the polls had officially closed after voting was done. After it was finished. So you tally what you have and you move on. The count goes until about 2 33 o'clock in the morning. You declare a winner and you move on. There was none of that. It went until about 3 30. And then Trump came out, gave the press conference and said, boy, we've had a long night. We're, we're going to keep the faith. We're all going to bed. 4 30, the ballot dump started happening. As soon yep. as they went to bed, that's when the ballot dump started happening. All of a sudden, I want you to hear these. These, And I have six states here. These are the key states right now where all this has happened. This would have put Trump over the top at, uh, I believe it would have been around 305. It would have been a landslide. Pennsylvania, Michigan, Georgia, North Carolina. They still haven't called North Carolina. Michigan and Wisconsin. Okay. This is the lead right when they froze the count. This is the lead that Trump had. Pennsylvania, he was up 57% to 41.8%. Again, the polls were closed. He was up by almost a million votes in the state of Pennsylvania, all of a sudden, ballot dumps start happening, and they're all 100% Biden. 
Now Biden's ahead, what, 800,000 votes? It's not possible. It's not possible. Michigan, the state of Michigan, when they froze it, Trump was 54% to 44%, a 10% uh, a ten percent lead. Of course, Michigan flipped back the other way after 430, of course. Georgia, Trump was up 53% to 45%. Again, count flipped back the other way. He was ahead by, another, again, almost another million votes there. North Carolina. Uh, to, add, uh, uh, to add on the Georgia thing. I know uh-huh. that one specifically had 100,000. Trump was over 100,000 ahead. And when the polls closed, when they froze it, uh, there was only 60,000 votes left. So even if Biden got 100% of those votes, he was still short 40,000. Uh, 40, and they just mysteriously overnight found 80,000 more ballots. Mm-hmm. All for Biden. You know, when I heard you two guys talking over a couple of your morning shows um, during this period of the count, you were saying that if there was a, uh, a system of proportional representation rather than first past the post, then the, the whole vote would be uh, you know, a done deal and Trump would have been reelected. Are those states really that populous that they deserve such a high number in the, the electoral college, the, the, the numbers that they're worth or, or the, the amounts that they're worth? Because yeah. Pennsylvania is what twenty. Most of those other six states yeah. were about sixteen or eighteen. It's between ten and twenty because if it varies. Wisconsin was ten. That was the least out of all the the battleground states. And then of course you've got. I mean, you had the other swing states. Florida was a done deal. Ohio, Ohio, Ohio. I think out of all the states that I've been looking at and that I've heard about from various reporting agencies and and you know poll watchers and things like that, Ohio more or less did it flawlessly. I mean, flawlessly. We knocked it out of the park. It was it was a, a 3% discrepancy over the whole state. That's that's almost unheard of. So we did that's it flawlessly. About, that's about normal. That's, is it? Uh, nationally average, uh, 3 to 5% is about the average. Yeah. Okay. All right. And, and that's, still. Including, uh, that's including um, uh, uh, absentee ballots and in-person gotcha. voting and everything. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. Okay. If well, you 97% uh, accuracy. Uh, that's in a state like Ohio, a swing state, key swing state. It was a landslide for Trump in Ohio. If um, if you don't have an answer to my next question, that is perfectly fine. But why is there no voter ID law in the US? Because the Democrats. That's the and, simple answer. Yeah. Yeah. And so when you've got these six key states, they don't even need to focus, uh, you know, across the 50 states. They really only need to, to, to focus uh, around these six. Um, if they are going to, you know, let's say, for instance, get someone who's really into calligraphy to sign um, a thousand different mail-in votes, for instance. They didn't have to in Pennsylvania. They yeah, So was- in Pennsylvania, they passed the laws um, because of COVID. They changed it for the mail-in ballots. You don't have to have a postal uh, mark and you don't have to have a signature for your and, ballot to count. And they also, the, the, the state's attorney general also made alterations to the voting process at 1030 the night prior to election day. Wow. You know, it it was I'm sorry, but it was so open to this yeah. kind of fraud. Here, here's the thing. And, I And I agree with you. I, it, they did it on purpose. They did it out there for the world to see. They, they did this on purpose. Now, we can talk about all day long about where we think this is going to go. And we'll get into that, I'm sure. But they did it on purpose. Now, the response to this, I think, is exactly what they want. They need this to be in play. 
So regardless, if Biden goes in, then a few things don't happen. You do, uh, and hear me on this one. You don't have riots. They, they need riots. They need something to trigger those riots. And right now they don't have it. Right now they don't have it. So they need something there. But we'll get to that in a second. Also, they need to discredit the electoral process. And the reason I say they need to discredit the electoral process is this is a step in the color revolution by George Soros, our good friend. Yeah. So all of this plays together. You need to have a populace that is discrediting the entire electoral process. Now, I'm not a believer in the fact that our process is the problem. Everything that they've changed for this particular vote has been the problem, quote, because of COVID, right? So we've had to change everything. Mail-in voting was open to fraud. We knew it was open to fraud. They knew that this was going to jam everything up like this. Now it's going to be dealt with in the courts. Again, it's getting people in a sense of, well, the media, as you said, has declared everything, right? So the media has declared. Since when do we listen to the media on who the president is? Since when does the media, who's been discredited themselves and disgraced themselves, since when do they decide who an elected official is? They don't. They don't. You notice that there hasn't been any concession yet, but that's not being talked about. You also notice that the lawyers for the Trump campaign are not being given any kind of media coverage when they go to file these lawsuits. Why? Because they know it's a loser. They know it's a loser. If they shed light onto that, then they know that they're going to lose that. There's no way that they can win this court battle legally unless they've got all the judges in their back pockets. There's no way, which wouldn't surprise me in some of these cases, but Pennsylvania, regardless, Pennsylvania. Yeah. But regardless, they have to discredit the election process itself. They need us to lose faith in our institutions. So we call for the overthrow of it. Now, we're also hearing a war game that's being put out there for secession in the United States. The Democrat Party, again, has even said up to six months ago in The New York Times, there was an op-ed piece talking about secession. CNBC did a corresponding piece or excuse me, a um, a collaboration piece on that just the other day. I went over it. They're, they're talking about possible secession in the United States. If Joe Biden goes in office, you're not going to have secession. So they need something here. I'm wondering, and this is just my own head. I'm wondering if if they're not doing this on purpose. Everyone has the opinion right now that Joe Biden has won. He hasn't. He hasn't. Tell me where it says he's won. What? Because the media says there's no concession. This is not over. There's still a court battle to deal with. And they know that that's what this is all about. This is the next thing. This is the next scam. We had the Russia gate. We had the porn stars. We had the, the fake Ukraine stuff. We had the fake impeachment. We had COVID. None of it worked. Now they've moved on to this. So this is the next thing. We're sitting here looking at the left hand. This is where I think this is information warfare, gentlemen. That's what this is. Everything's a giant con game in order to have us sit here and have this dialogue. But we're looking at the left hand and I don't think we're paying attention to the right hand. Now, what my point is with that is, is, okay, you have these elections. It's a sham. They know it's a sham. They're not out there saying, well, we won fair and square. They're not saying that. They're saying, well, uh, well yeah, we're, we're here. We've already got the president-elect here. He's already got his transition team. Uh, he's already got all the people he's putting together for this task force. He's already got all these policies he's going to get us out of. There's no concession. Trump hasn't lost yet. So they're moving ahead. But I think once the courts, once the court battles happen and it gets overturned and Trump is found to have had these votes as he did, he, he had them. You know, I, if he lost, I'll be the first guy to sit here and say, hey, man, the guy lost. He lost, but he didn't. They put the curtain down. It was like a stage performance. They put the curtain down and then all the ballot dumps happened. And then by the time the curtain came back up and all of you woke up the next morning, everything had changed. He was ahead in all of these states by a very large margin, 10 percent plus 
in a lot of cases. And all of a sudden you wake up and he's losing all those same states and now he's lost them all because the media said so? I may have this wrong, but even if uh, Donald Trump concedes and Joe Biden um, is named president, um, they've achieved nothing unless there is that secession that you were talking about. Because if I'm right, the Senate is still strongly controlled by the Republican Party. Yes. Uh, Your House of Representatives, how does that sit at the moment? They lost 11 seats, but the Democrats still control it. Right. But to get any federal law through and any progress federally, the Senate is is pretty crucial, is it not? It has to yeah. sign off on the, on the white papers, on the bills. It is. On, yeah. yeah. So effectively, what they've done is put you in stasis for another four years. No, in, that doesn't work. Yeah. Yes. In theory, yes. But that doesn't work. They need this to go hot and it's it won't go. That's why they need the riots. That's why they need um, people in uproar um, so that all bets are off. Right. So that no so that nobody wins. That way, this shady bunch of in fact, I just want to say this. I meant to say this earlier on. Anytime you say that Hungarian chap's name, you need to have the the mute button ready because I've got Tourette's developing as a result of of that man's name. If I hear it, I say a lot of rude words all of a sudden. So, um, yeah, anytime you're going to say that thing that rhymes with Oros, just be ready on the the mute button, okay? Um, Yeah, will do. So, yeah, that's what I'm getting from this, that – and in, in fact, everybody knows Biden's just the figurehead that was that, that was put up out there. And this, what's her name? Camilla Kamala, ha- Kamala, Kamala Harris. Kamala yeah. Harris. She's the one that's going to be calling the shots because she she's the real died in the wall Marxist. She's the one that's um you know she it, um, it, she's not popular though. Even the Democrats themselves, the voters, right? Their their constituency, they don't like her. They don't like her at all. She had less than 2% of the vote in the Democrat primary, and she had to drop out before they even made the first campaign stop for people. What, so- made, me giggle, what made me giggle the other day when I was listening to you two was that the, the actual constitutional way in which the president and the vice president used to be decided was that regardless of party, whoever came second in the race, that other person would, was going to be the vice president. And that... And that would help cross-party working attitudes to get things done, to 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 be a proper federal government and and to to govern properly. But of course, party politics has has done for us again. You you both fairly switched on on this. What changed? When did it change so that you know the running mate became vice president rather than the other guy? You know, the, the loser, if for want of a better word. It was 18-something. What was it? I'm not exactly sure on that one. Okay, you, you can look that up and, and let the listeners know at another time. But I've become a big fan of the Constitution. Uh, as I said some months ago, um, the reason why that document is so good was because it was written by Englishmen. But, um, you know, it, it's something that holds their feet to the fire. And that's what is important now, that that constitution is is upheld. Every single individual state, as far as I'm aware, gets, gets to decide how voting is conducted within that state. But the constitution 
has a lot in it that tells us how to conduct a proper election. It does. Is that fair and to say? It is, yes. And that's what it's going to come down to. This is going to come down to the Supreme Court and the Constitution. That's what this is going to come down to. Now, uh, and to your point uh, on the Constitution, it is it is a fantastic document. Yes, it was written by Englishmen. I know you'll never let me live that one down. But mm-hmm. it is what's unique about it is is along the lines of what you just said. And it's not that it tells the government what they can do. It tells the government what they cannot do. It tells people what your rights are and what the government can't take away from you. That's what it is. That's why they don't like it, because it takes the chains of authoritarianism and it shackles them up. It shackles government up, not people. It gives people the freedom. The The thing about it was, is we took, the founders took uh, a monarchy and they they essentially deconstructed it and they they rebuilt it into this system of checks and balances. Uh, and that's that's what makes it so prevalent in the days going forward. And they made it a living document. They, they made it a living document. It's a, it has the, they built in the amendment process. So they understand that they can't, that they could, at the time they weren't able to predict the future. They knew that. So they put in the amendment process. So they said, okay, well, this will be a living document going forward. If you want to change something, here's the process in order which to do it. If you don't like something, then rewrite it into this. But when you decide that it doesn't work, you leave it in there. So you can look back and you can say, okay, we tried this. It it didn't work. Prohibition is still in there still in there. But yeah. even though we've we've gone back on it, but it's a reminder that we tried this. We were at that point in history and it didn't work. I have to push back a little bit on you because uh, uh-huh. you did say that, yes, it is negative liberties for the federal government, but all powers not yeah. given to the federal government are given to the state. True. Yeah. That, yeah. You're right. You're right. Tenth Amendment. Yeah. States rights. I got you. Yeah. And, and so each state, each state has their own constitution as well. Yeah. Yes. What is... Uh, the 25th Amendment going to be? Someone's pushing for a 25th Amendment at the moment? That's the mentally incompetent clause. It's that's they're trying to say now, of course, and this is this is where they're going to go with it. See, here, here's the thing they need. That's why I say we're looking at the left hand here, right? We're, we're looking at the left hand. We need to be yeah. looking at the right hand. And and why do I say that? Because they need something to trigger the unrest. They need the unrest. They have to have the fight in the streets. You notice that the, the the Trump supporters are out there in the streets now. Why? Because the damn cowardly Republican Party, the party, won't do anything. They're 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 doing their usual uh, they clutch their their prayer beads and whatever it is, and they're going back into their little hidey holes and they're going to make a deal for four years. That's not going to do anything with this. Their time's over. If they don't get their head out of their asses, their time is over. You've got a few. Republicans in there that want to actually stand up and do the right thing. And they are. But they're in the minority. They're in the minority. We need to take this out to the actual face of it. And they're not doing it. They're not doing it. All these Republicans that are on Fox News and that are in the in the on the radio and all this stuff that are saying, well, you know, we're, we're just going to have to take this. We're, we're just going to have to accept this. You know, Trump should do the, the gentlemanly thing and, and and just concede. You go straight to hell, every last one of you. How dare you call yourself any kind of a conservative? You don't stand for anything. How on earth can you go forward and not stand for anything? It, it drives me up a wall. I, I can't stand people like this that won't stand up and fight. You, you go out there all day five days a week, six days, whatever it is, however long you have your show on, on TV or on the radio, and you talk day in and day out about, uh, well, the Constitution this, the Constitution that. But when it comes down to it, when it comes down to a free and fair election, whether you like it or not, and it's naked out there in front of the world that they stole it, and and you're going to say, well, we just got to take it. I'm sorry. I no longer care what you have to say. You're excused. From my perspective, as just an independent Brit, 
It looks like it was stolen. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I can draw a, li- a line under it there because uh, it remains to be seen how President-elect Biden might treat the UK in the future. You know, Obama stuck his nose in during Brexit and said that we would go to the back of any queue for any trade deal. Is uh, is Creepy Joe going to um, stick to his you know, seeming dislike of the UK. He's definitely a Europhile. He's definitely someone who who favours the European Union to deal with rather than uh, the UK. Now, maybe that's because when you deal with the EU Commission and the EU Council, you are basically dealing with 27 countries at once. So it's it's a bigger deal to be struck. But I would have thought that was more a real businessman's uh, outlook, and and I would have thought that would be the outlook that Donald Trump would have had, but he hadn't. He was definitely on our side, and the idiots who are posting things in social media, you know, the 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 memes of the Statue of Liberty catapult catapulting Donald Trump into space, or Donald Trump as a small child stamping his feet on the ground and rolling around in a tantrum. All those that are posting those sort of things on on social media in the UK, people I know, people who are my Facebook friends, they need to grab hold of themselves, give themselves a slap, start looking at, at what has actually happened. Because if it does come to it and that man is president, then the special relationship and the trade deals are all out the, out of the window. You know, they're, they're, they're not going to be there anymore. Um, uh, Bor- the Boris, is already, thing- Boris is already licking his boots. Oh, yeah, sure he is. Of course he is. But, it, you know, the, the whole thing about NATO, the, NATO hasn't been funded properly by the Europeans for many, many years. The UK and the US have kept up our end of the, the whole treaty organisation. But Germany, France... All the major countries that are part of NATO within Europe have not. And it's all been about this move to uh, an EU. And um, they can't pay for so, it. The well, of course can't they can't pay for it. Pay for it. They, 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 well, they're, they're short are 350 million a week already. And, and of course they can't pay for it. But anyway, or, I wanted to say that because I was incensed by uh the the tv coverage which was very very biased and i've been pissed off by stupid people who do not understand what has actually happened and why it's happening and it's not their fault it's because they've been fed a load of false information by the msm and by social media they've uh, got it- to they've gotten to, to sell out their own future their their own chance of of being uh, independent and sovereign like that that's where they've that's where the media and social media have put them is they've gotten them to accept their own destruction this is how mass movements work when you have this group think we've talked about group think here a lot especially yeah. when it relates to social media people inherently want to be part of something that's bigger than themselves and if you're if you're with the anti-Trump crowd that's promoted in the media and entertainment, and all that stuff, well, that's cool, isn't it? It's cool. You're part of the the in crowd, right? If you do that, you're part of the in crowd. If you push back on that, well, then you're you're on the outs. You're shunned. You're you're part of the uh, the people that need to be shut down and canceled. You're not popular if you do that. You're not with the cool kids if you do that. 
again, people want to be part of something that's bigger than themselves, but they do it unknowingly. That's that's the problem with mass hysteria and, and groupthink and all of this stuff. It it gets people into that that mindset and they don't think about anything else. They're driven by the agenda rather than an individual thought. They don't know how to think anymore. They're, they're brought up on the television, on the social media, through the entertainment. That's their education. That's what they think culture is. That's what they think a future is. And it's not. It's not. They've been horribly misled. Yeah. Um uh, just for the listeners, um, if I could guide them to, it's on Netflix. It's a Netflix original um, documentary called The Social Dilemma. And it's got a lot of the high flyers that were in all the big tech companies, Google, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. They put together a, a documentary. That it's not so much whistleblowing, but it's people who were deep in the industry um, who've now started to have a few pangs of conscience, so we say. And there was a particular guy from Google who was, who was asking the question, is anybody working on how to make this less addictive? Because it is addictive. You know, you sit there, you post something and you're waiting for your likes to turn up or you're waiting for your, your retweets and so on and so forth. You know, there is a metric that is widely held that if you get 14 likes within a given time frame from one, for one of your posts, you are popular and I'd, I'd never put memes up you know ones that other people have already created and um so you're following the the trend you know following the popular view and that's what's really offended me about people that i know respect and love posting these absolutely inane things onto facebook and i haven't done that so i put my own post up would you it like to share basically- yeah, I, I, I will. I put my own post up and it, it did cause some conversation that that definitely happened. Um, give me one second. It should be here any moment now. Try again. Right. Here's, here's what I said. And this should prove that I'm no fan of Donald Trump. Dear friends who think Donald Trump is a narcissist, sexist, racist moron. He is. However, the Democrats are cheating and are in league with the enemies of our way of life. I've stopped myself from commenting on individual posts as I don't want to lose friends. But you really have no idea what is happening with the American election or you wouldn't be posting for things that are in support of a one world government, zero assets who will never own their own home, borderless mass migration designed to eliminate culture, Marxist policies, the Great Reset, the Green New Deal, and so on. You hear half a story from the biased MSM, and you have believed it. You may think your post is a harmless bit of fun, but the most developed democracy and most powerful country in the world is having its election stolen. Once America falls to the plan, we stand no chance. Read the UN's Agenda 2030. Read the World Economic Forum's agenda for the January 2021 meeting in Davos. They want to change everything you currently do, and you don't get to say no. Now, normally, I get 50 to 60 likes for everything I post. That one got two. Uh huh. So um, either I'm no longer popular or... All the people who used to like my posts have stopped because I've said something that they're not comfortable with, or I've criticized what they think are really, really funny memes, but are actually what is undermining, you know, quite a serious situation. Or you've used wordage there that's triggered an algorithm to shadow ban you, or at least hide that that 
Wolves. That may 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 be the case. I, I did a um, a quick. I haven't used Twitter very much. I've popped into it once or twice. I've seen something that I wanted to comment on. I've commented and left. And some of the stuff about Extinction Rebellion um, that I posted, uh, where I was basically saying, you know, I I think we should all take more care of the environment, but was in fact criticising them, was seen by like 14,000 people. Some of the other stuff where I'm standing up uh, against a libtard, shall we say, it's seen by 10 or 15 people. So there are, yeah, there, there are indeed these algorithms that stop people like me having a full voice on social media. And I tell you what I'm going to do. I am going to be removing all my favorite photographs, which are basically I've, I've used I've used Facebook as a way of storing photographs. I'm going to remove them, print off the ones I want, then delete my account because I have absolutely had enough. They can't manipulate me because I'm a free thinker, but they are manipulating so many other people. And that's what this um the this documentary, Social Dilemma. On, it's on Netflix. Please have a look at it, everybody. It proves all the points that you were making, Bruce, over the last year. And, you know, I, I think it will open a few people's eyes as, as to what has really happened with social media. So I have a quick theory for you guys. Uh, this is kind of my stance on Agenda 2030, you know, the World Economic Forum, you know, how the Democrats need basically open fighting right now. They need an open revolution uh, to continue their ideas. Well, one of the things that I kind of I'm I'm wondering if they've this is this is a, a bit of 40 chest uh, for them to think this through, but maybe they fully intended they they were cheating in the open purposely to try to get try to push us over the edge. And they knew Donald Trump would not roll over and take it. He, they knew he was going to fight it. So and we're out in the streets now. Yeah, we're out in the streets now. But on top of that, Trump is going to fight this. Uh, if it's seen fairly in court, a lot of these are going to get overthrown. Uh, some of these mandates about no uh, postal mark, no signature. Um, there was God, there was 21,000 ballots in, what was it, Nevada or Arizona? And they were calling were dead people. Yeah, 21,000 registered dead voters in, in Arizona. You're right. Uh, or Arizona. Nev- I might have been Nevada's too, and too as well. Somewhere but- over yeah, the, yeah, but they were also calling states, and they were. We saw them. They were out emptying mail-in ba- drop-off ballots, mail-in ballots. The state was already called. I thought every vote yeah. counted. They, they were out yeah. scooping up. I mean, buckets and buckets of and bins and bins full of ballots, uh, and and dumping them in. Um, we saw these two guys out in California. They called the the state of California four hours prior. It was already done. Like they they'd already called it for Biden, and people hadn't even gone around and collected all the ballots yet. Yeah, yeah, and on top of that. It, when this does go to court and it does, a lot of these votes do get thrown out, you know, because honestly, if that, that's what I think is going to happen if it's a fair shake. Many of these ballots are going to be thrown out. There's going to be a recount. It's going to be found that Trump won. Some of these states is going to be a small margin. Other states is going to be a lot uh, greater than what they were thinking. Pennsylvania, I think Trump won Pennsylvania handily. Honestly, because of some of the stuff that the the Dems were talking about, shutting down fracking, um, they were going to damage uh, manufacturing and let it allow it to be automated, um, open borders, all the stuff they're talking about. Pennsylvania doesn't like it. It, it hurts their economy. Um, some of these other states, it's going to hurt them, too. But they already went red anyway. So, you know, they, you don't have to fight there. But when that gets overthrown, you're going to have all these ones that were out in the streets dancing and celebrating that Biden won. They're going to be out in the streets rioting and revolting and destroying cities and whatnot. And 
if they do it at the same time that you have the ones out there uh, protesting the votes, you're going to see clashes. You're going to see people shot because some of these groups out here, they're armed. And if you're assaulting someone, well, they're going to defend themselves and somebody's going to get shot. So it, it, this this might be what they are are hoping will trigger yeah. the revolt. People, people are pissed. I mean, we're, we're sick of the inaction by the Republican Party. We're sick of it. We're sick of it. You, you people can excuse yourself now. Go, go take your place at a back seat somewhere. You people are done. You're done. They need something, as you said, Bruce, to trigger this. And if the courts overturn this, which I mean, clearly, clearly, right? I mean, let, let's let's just be honest about it here. Ballot dumps at four in the morning. Come on, you know, don't, don't be naive. Don't 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 steal the election blatantly and and go ha ha okay if you're gonna do that and be immature about it fine but don't insult my intelligence don't, don't insult my intelligence don't, said, don't. Um, yeah, but what was he said the other day I mean, it's a common english phrase but i heard one of you two use it something along the lines of don't piss on me and tell me it's raining yeah <laughs> yeah and 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 that, that's that what they're doing definitely that's what they're doing it, it does appear to be what they're doing but I've got to do this for Ned's benefit because um, he was going to be on tonight, but can't make it. Uh, however, I had, a, I think, an hour and, hour and 10 minutes phone conversation with him today. Whilst I was in the bath, I couldn't even, you know, wash my hair until I'd finished yeah. talking to him. You, you, know, we, um, you know, we talked about that at Room 101, the, uh, the bath thing. You know? Yeah, we, we, we did. I, I showered off afterwards. I, I, I wasn't marinating in my own filth. <laughs> not to be showered off afterwards. But we've got to give people hope. I think we've got a platform, and this these are Ned's words and mine. I agree with him. I was getting mildly vexed uh, at him telling me because he was preaching to the choir. Um, so um, how can we fight back? And, and I think uh, you follow the money and you hit the money. There's um, a caravan on the way to D.C. right now in support of Trump. Yeah, well... I think people want to know, people who who've, who are not sheep and have woken up and have seen what's happening and want to know how we can address um, the problem of stopping this new world order from achieving the societal reset that they want. And I think we have to hit them in the money. Um, well, they need that reset. Them. They they want it, yes, but they they need it. It's more than a, than a want for them. They need it because they're done. Oh yeah, they yeah, 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 yeah. But so this is how we stop them. These are the only ways I can think of without open warfare. Stop buying online. Stop filling the pockets of Bezos. You know we're forced to because of COVID. It's increased the amount of online shopping. It's just made him richer and richer. Um, don't take jobs. Um, in these organizations, don't take jobs in these foundations. Uh, you know, don't work for big tech. Go to the shop. Don't shop online. Go to go go to the high street. Don't take jobs that are directly related to the new world order foundations and businesses. Vote out party politicians and elect um, independence at every opportunity you can stay within the law, because if you don't break the law, they can't mess with you. If you, if you keep it, uh, squeaky clean. And I don't know how this will ever be achieved, but try and use Microsoft products a whole lot less. We talked a while, a while back about what it meant to be a patriot about what was patriotism. And I summed it up as someone who's willing to take a hit 
for their for their country. All of those things I've just said are really, really hard to do. And it does mean that you would be taking a hit. Individuals would suffer if they had to turn down a job, the dream job they've been offered, if it was um for one of these high, t- you know, the 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 big tech media outlets, all that kind of stuff that are promoting this new world order and and funding it. It would it would be a big sacrifice to make. But I can't see how else there is to 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 fight back. We have to hit people where it hurts, and that's usually in the pocket. If they haven't succeeded in the societal reset, they will be broke because they've been causing governments to print more and more money, and that debt will collapse in on itself. So I'm trying to be positive. I'm trying to say something other than we are all doomed, but it's a big ask. It's a big ask to uh, to ask people to make the kind of sacrifices I'm suggesting. And I've only just jotted these down this afternoon, and I, and I need to give it more thought. Perhaps we can do a whole podcast in the future on ways we can fight back. But I've said enough there now, and that's mainly for Ned's benefit, just to make sure he knows I'm keeping up his end of the bargain. Yeah, to add to that, at least uh, for you know the Americans, hold your congressmen, your your representative, your uh, senators, hold their feet to the fire. Make sure that they're standing with the Constitution. Find out where they stand, and uh, you know, depending on where they stand, that determines whether you support them or not. Right? Work at the local level as well. Uh, your mayors, make sure, make sure at least at your local level, because th- this is the way our system is set up. Even if America goes crazy nuts socialist nonsense if you can keep your state itself adhering to the constitution they can overthrow a lot of the federal nonsense uh at the state level so you know focus on that first get your state get your local level and honestly i honestly i think and i'll 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 go a step further than that Uh, and to echo what you just said yes you need to help you need to hold their feet to the fire you need to hold them accountable but more than that if they're not out there in support of finding out what happened during this election. And they're the type that say, uh, well, we just need to accept it. We need to get ready for it. We need to brace for a Biden presidency. You let them know that they're going to be one and done. They're going to go home the next election, if not during a recall. I think that's another step now as well, because you're going to start seeing them come out of the woodwork now. You're already seeing it. Fox News is a disgrace. I don't know what the hell's going on with those damn Murdoch boys, but uh, you know what? Whatever shred of credibility they had, that's gone now. That's gone. You've got a couple of people at Fox that are okay, but they set the tone on election night as to what happened. They never should have called those states, and they did. It was a disgrace. Absolute disgrace. Shouldn't have happened. From a British perspective, again, it hasn't really mattered over the, let's say, the last few decades. I mean, I'm, I'm quite old. I've, I've been around for, I've, I've lived within six decades. Now you're only 29, um, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, showbiz age, showbiz. I'll put my what, teeth what was it in. you said in one of the very early podcasts? You said you've got a, uh, a a voice for television and a face for radio. That's right. Yes. Anyway, <laughs> meanwhile, back at the ranch. Yeah, we haven't really cared in in most years or most every four years who the hell you put in as president because we've always had that this good relationship, which is surprising. Yeah, when you consider how the country started. I remember being 11, 12 years, I was 11 years old uh, for your, no, 10 years old, for your bicentenary. There was big celebrations here and you obviously had big celebrations, but we celebrated as well. 
because we, we've got that closer relationship. This is the first time I've ever not liked and been worried about who you've chosen as president. Even when you chose Donald Trump, I thought... We didn't choose him. The American people didn't choose him. What, didn't choose Biden? Correct. All right, okay. Well, the the media says you have, so... Um, Again, since when does yeah. the media decide who we get? Well, it, it, it doesn't. It doesn't. You're quite right. But this is the first time I've been nervous about the situation. And I think that's quite revealing that this country is now worried about who you've got in the chair or might have in the chair if they are successful. Even when Donald Trump was elected, and we all know why he was elected. He was elected, as you said the other day, because people were sick of the policies of Obama and you'd had eight years of that and enough was enough. And he, to be honest, he is no statesman, Donald Trump, but he was refreshing Someone listed the number of achievements he's made during his four years, and it's quite a set of achievements. And I think history, once all this has calmed down, will will view him, if he doesn't win the court cases, as one of the best single-term presidents that you've had. Here's a question, and I honestly don't know the answer. What's the usual cycle? Is it about eight years, then a new party, or four years? What's the longest one party has held the presidency for? It's it's always eight years. But I I, if, I think maybe you're referring to the Senate and the House as well. As, no, and I, mean, of course- I mean, you, you're presidents. You, they're either Republican or they're or they're Democrat. Two terms. They get two terms. They're 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 usually yes. It's either no, one, no, I mean, what, but they get two terms. No, what what I mean is. After, let's say, one Republican has done two terms, has there then been another Republican yeah. uh, elected? So you might have 12 years, 16 years. So yes, what's the longest it, it's ever been held by a particular party? That's a good question. Uh, looks like, it looks like Republican. Uh, back in, uh, let's see, we had Grant, Hayes, Garfield, and then Arthur. Chester right. A. Arthur is where it stopped. And that's the yeah. early 1900s? 18, uh, it's 1868 to uh, 1880. All right. Interesting. Okay. Interesting time. Interesting time, isn't it? Because that was right after the Civil War. The Democrats started, by the way, by doing what? Calling for a secessionist movement, which is the next well, play. Technically, it was longer than that. It was technically 1860 to 1880. Technically. Uh-huh. But because Lincoln was right. killed, his right. vice president, which, by the way, we were talking about vice presidents and when that started, Abraham Lincoln was where it started. 1864. He was um, he because of the whole Civil War and everything. Um, Abraham Lincoln's running mate was Andrew Johnson, and he was well respected in the South. So as a um, kind of a, a uniting moment, he had him as his vice president. And so. Uh, that's that's why there's that little split is because when he was killed, the vice president took office and he was a Democrat. But let's say since the Great Depression, 1930s onwards, has there been a, a, a period where there was 12 years of one flavor of president or another? So three. No. no? So around about every eight years, it swaps yep. parties. Um, yep. And the, the only the only. Um, uh, let's see. Eisenhower is the only one that's out. He was he was a single term. 
So he's he's the only one that's uh, kind of out of that, if you will. So where I'm going with this is people do get fed up with one style of government after a period of time. Just imagine how fed up they're going to be once that totalitarian jackboot um, strikes down uh, globally, because that's that's what we're looking at. We're looking at mm. the I'm, I'm actually to, to build a I'm, world government. I'm thinking. I'm, I'm thinking wrong on that, that. By the way, uh huh. Just do a little house cleaning. I'm actually wrong on that. There was Eisenhower and then Kennedy. Um, obviously, J- JFK was J- assassinated. So yeah, LBJ took. There over, was yeah. um, LBJ took over. So that was a short time. That was only four years of Democrats. Or Nixon, Ford. Then we had Nixon and then Ford, so both Republicans. Carter. And then Carter, single uh, Democrat, Reagan, Bush. So we had two Republicans, Clinton, one Democrat, and then Bush again. And then uh, it's alternated since. So looking at it, as you've got it up there on the screen, you've normally, your your normal status quo is a Republican government, isn't it? A Republican president. Yes. And if yeah, you look at the state Republican, it does. And if you look at the state legislature this time around across across the country, it's held by Republicans. The Democrats don't hold very many. Hell, after 2016, the Democrats held nine legislative seats at the state level, nine in the entire country. They didn't want to admit that. That's a horrible, horrible defeat. They're round about the same situation right at the moment. They don't hold any legislative power at the state level. Hardly at all. Hardly at all. I mean, hell, uh, Pennsylvania the, the Republicans hold the state of Pennsylvania at that level, the state legislature. The Democrats don't. And they're going to try and, and, and uh, Shanghai, Pennsylvania, for lack of a better term here, because I think that's where all this is coming from. <laughs> I've uh, been to Shanghai a long time ago, have you? 1986. Have you? But, it, but the, the weird thing about Shanghai, as you, as you come up the ante, uh, is it looks like Manchester, because um, a lot of the buildings were built by the British because we were buying their opium, so um, yeah, the you know the world has got some some funny links and some funny history. But what we're looking for today is to get things to calm down, stay the same as uh, uh, that we're used to. I've said before, I'm still investing in this society, and an awful lot of people are. We do need to work together um, somehow to stop the societal reset which we've read the documents, we've gone over them line by line, Um, Agenda 2030 and and the Davos mob, they are trying to um, change our world and we are an inconvenience to them. Um, News breaking today in the UK about the vaccines. Uh, Have you heard today? Have not about the UK. What are they saying? Yeah, they're they're, they're talking that by the end of the year that, the vaccines may be ready. The, the results for the first part of, of clinical trials have worked, but it is not not a usual vaccine. It's using, and GP will know much more about this than I do, it's, it's using RNA. So it's, it's spliced in, uh, which basically the, the, um, the vaccine is using this DNA-like material and when it's injected into you, it adds itself to your own cells. So it is oh, a genetic I modification. I see. Um, oh, that doesn't sound horrifying or anything. Uh, exactly. But on the news, it's, yay, 
we're, we're going to be ready by the uh-huh. end of the year. Uh-huh. And I'm um, sure Mr. Gates is just thrilled. I'm pretty sure. Excuse me. Be. Excuse me. I'm, I'm sure Dr. Gates is just thrilled. Do- Dr. Gates. Where did he get his honorary doctorate from? Uh, I, I'm not sure. I don't think he even finished college, to be fair. No, no. But then again, if you know how to write code, you don't need to. Um, but also, in fairness to other programs that, uh, that are very, very interesting, but unfortunately also on Netflix, um, there's a documentary called Unnatural Selection. And Ned, again, has done the research on this, and I really wish he'd have been here tonight. And I want to talk about it again next time he's on. It's to do with CRISPR, which was the methods that, that they found where they could you could basically genetically modify anything with a kit that costs $150. However, Big Pharma got hold of it. And for these treatments, for people who desperately need it, you know, people, children that are blind, they could effectively have this treatment developed by their parents. It was that simple. You could follow some YouTube videos. But again, I'll wait for Ned to, to talk about this fully. Oh, they don't like Not, that if you're able to do that. No, God no. Forbid. All of a sudden, these same treatments cost $450,000. Exactly. Yeah. However, it opens up a whole new discussion that I will be on the other side of because I find it rather scary that even though there's this fantastic advance in in medicine and science, it is so dangerous, in my opinion, that I'd like to wait for Ned to be here to have the full discussion so we can have a good ding-dong about it. Yeah, fair enough. Um, we can spend the last couple of minutes here on some COVID stuff. I mean, I thought we'd get a little bit more time onto it, but you know how we got just on the election, just rambling on that stuff. But um, UK reports 24,957 new cases of COVID and 413 more deaths. Again, this is how they've adjusted and inflated the numbers and using PCR tests and all that crap. But that's what they're reporting. Now, you've got nurses that are coming out and publicly resigning and they're calling the COVID lockdown policy a farce. And they're saying that one nurse was said uh, this week, she says that uh, while she was standing out in front of the uh, hospital there with a microphone and a speaker, she says that, uh, unfortunately, I cannot lie anymore. And she says that she publicly resigned while wearing her uniform before releasing the real numbers of COVID patients in her hospital and denouncing the government's disastrous lockdown policy. She says, I don't need the uniform to prove that I work for them, but today I'm publicly resigning. Uh, unfortunately, I cannot lie anymore. And she explained how she took a screenshot of the internal hospital data showing that there were just three people across three hospitals in the region infected with COVID. She says, I've decided that there's no point. I've gone against the rules within the NHS. I've shared the confidential information that people need to see, adding that other doctors, uh, she was wanting other doctors and other nurses to try and speak out. But yeah. That explains that explains the um, counterattack by British mainstream media today on the evening news. There were hospitals in the north of England shown full of people that were really, really busy and in full masks, some of them with their own air supply. Even then, they can... They reveal themselves, even though they're trying to show that it's an that this <laughs> he had a Freudian slip. The doctor that was talking about it, he said in this phase, not uh-huh. this, not this spike or, or this second wave. He said in this phase of the infection, they were talking about wards. They said, well, yeah, the, the intensive care ward is nearly full. The, the, but that was the part of the intensive care within that hospital that was put aside for COVID patients. So I'm imagining a normal ward size, size is, is around about 20 beds. So if this hospital had 
15 beds full of people with COVID and they had a lane there. (laughs) Yeah, it's not not as bad as we are being led to believe. So this nurse gets up and she says publicly and screenshots, you know, takes a photograph on on her mobile and publicizes it and resigns publicly. They've come back with a counter-offensive tonight about how busy... It is. Now, the people in the uh, NHS are wonderful people. The organisation is fantastic, but it's a government organisation and it will present the picture that the government wants it to present. Uh, it's as simple as that. This is probably one of the reasons why you guys are so anti-government involvement in things like healthcare. This has worked up till now. The, the NHS has worked. It's still working. The problem is... They are trying to tear it down. They are trying to tear it down, break it up, and force us all into medical healthcare insurance, which we don't want. We want to keep uh, the status quo, things as they are. Thank you very much. Business is normal, but we can see attacks on it all the time. And it's really interesting that you've you've found that nurse that I haven't seen that that bit. By the way, I haven't seen it on the news. Funny old thing. It's probably buried. Uh, and and we'll never see the light of day. But they've immediately counterattacked with the news coverage tonight. All right, last point here. Uh, because you're a uh, a former uh, serviceman and all that stuff, there is uh, your chief defense. Uh, excuse me, your um, yeah, your chief of defense staff has warned. He's come out and made a public statement. He says the real risk, which is uh, COVID, could spark World War Three, and an army of around thirty thousand robots might fight a future conflict. Uh, he says uh, could spark a third world war. And he's yeah, okay. Um, he is the UK's most senior military commander. General Sir Nick Carter made the claims about the future of British forces as he warned about the economic fallout of the pandemic has made the prospect of World War Three a risk. Uh, and the chief of the defense staff said the country's 82,000 strong army. Is that all you guys have? I would have thought it was more. It's all we can afford. It's all you can afford. Uh, yeah. We'll begin to look different as it modernizes the face and new Emerging threats with robots potentially fight on the front lines. Sir Nick made the comments when asked by Sky News uh, in the run-up to Remembered Sunday, which, happy Remembered Sun- uh, Sunday, by the way. Rather, he feared the global economic crisis brought on by coronavirus could lead to war. He said that he's worried that the increase in regional conflicts playing out across the world could ramp up into a full-blown war. I'm assuming that he's referencing conflicts in the Far East. Something's breaking on that as well. Uh, I just got notified of that. There is... Uh, satellite images were just caught... Uh, from Planet Labs and ESA that show the U.S. Navy carrier fleet in the Persian Gulf is being pulled out and they're going out into the middle of the Indian Ocean for maneuvers. Is that normal? You can't really maneuver um, a carrier fleet, you know, a, a carrier strike task group inside the Gulf. It's very shallow. Um, they, they've been wherever they've been for a period of time and now they will go into deeper water for a workup um, but they are at, you know, striking range of of the Gulf if there is any problem. So that's that's quite normal. That that I I wouldn't be overly concerned about. That okay. that's to me sounds um, perfectly normal. Okay. The the concept of fighting wars with robots or drones is is the way that warfare is moving. I can't say too much, but. The concept of defeating an asymmetric threat from a country like China, who would probably use drones 
as uh, as their their main or their initial attack force has been considered and is being planned against. Um, but that's that's normal routine as well. With every advancement in technology, the plans for warfare for large groups for you know ar- you know divisions, army groups, fleets has to be continued. So with every new innovation, a counter to that innovation has to be you know tabletopped, thrashed out, and and is being considered. So what uh, General Carter is saying isn't really much of a surprise, but it's the sort of thing that politicians and military leaders say just before they go and spend more time with their family. Interesting. All right. We are going to have to uh, leave it there. Unfortunately, we're out of time today. So thank you guys for sitting down today. Pleasure as always. I know that we haven't been on parlor, at least I haven't been uh, for a good number of weeks now, but it's my understanding that because of what's going on with the US election, there's a lot of people that are quite upset with Facebook and they're leaving Facebook in droves in the United States because people are calling for recount petitions per state and Facebook's banning them or censoring their posts or or whatever or taking down the petitions on them. So they're leaving. They're closing their accounts and leaving. I talked to at least a half a dozen people last night that said, we're done. We're going to parlor. It's possible in the coming days I could be making my way back over there just for the uh, the sake of it. They're like, hey, we followed you on parlor. Where are you? And I'm like, I have been there. Sorry. So Marty, if you're over there, then um, you can... Uh, and, and if any of any of our listeners uh, decide that they want to uh, give you a follow, I'm sure that they can do that. I don't know how long you've been off of it or if you're still on it quite actively. I'm still on it. I've still got it there. Um, I, I get notifications, but I, I stopped following Katie Hopkins. I stopped <laughs> following Tommy Robinson, not because I disapprove of Tommy Robinson. We've talked at length about him. I, there is just so much content that they're putting up. Yeah, um, gets overwhelming. Uh, Avi Yemeni. I was following him, but he's there on Facebook as well. Um, you know, they, these people—they're not—they're not far right. They really are not far right. What they are are—they're—they're they're people who love their country and and they'd like to see it stay the same. But I stopped following them so that I wouldn't get quite so many notifications. It's, it's time to drop back on. Yes, please, listener. I am on there. At Marty Foster on Parlor, yep. just like if just like got, Twitter. Yeah, if you've got questions, if you've got uh, criticism on anything I've said, I am happy to hear it and address it. And I will be educated. If I'm wrong, tell me I'm wrong. If I'm right, tell me you like what you hear. I would love to hear to hear more from people. So yes, please. Same as well. Uh, you can follow me over there as well at J Anderson Three. Or if at any point in time, if you don't want to get onto that social media platform, you can drop us a line at your convenience at tips at dynamicindependence.com. Again, we would be happy to hear from you. Or if you're a listener and you would like to be a potential guest on one of our and take part in one of our conversations, we would welcome that as well. Honestly, I think we should in the coming days, fellas, I think we should work in a telephone hour where we take calls from listeners. I I would like to do that. That would be awesome. I'd love yeah. that. That'd We're set really up good. for that. We just haven't done it. We haven't planned it yet. So we could we ha- we have a line set up out of New York, and we can um, we can have listeners call in at a specific time, and they can come on and, and chat with us, and and we can take their uh, their questions and have a, a slight discussion, and then we can move on to the next one. Sounds good to me. So we would also ask you as a loyal listener to pass us along to friends, family, and known associates, especially right now in these crazy times, we're looking to get as many like-minded people together as humanly possible, because divided amongst all this, we're never going to achieve any kind of a victory. So as Marty said, we have to find a way to give people hope and push through to the next 
to the next phase. That's what it is. It, it's not going to be an easy thing. This is going to be a long, drawn-out fight. And now is where it starts to get interesting. So this is, uh, this is where we are going forward. So again, we're trying to get as many like-minded people together as possible and promote good, healthy conversation in and amongst people's circles. So if you could pass this along, we would appreciate that. We're available everywhere you get your podcasts with the exception of SoundCloud. I'll continue to say it because they, they don't like us. But uh, And uh, we would ask you to uh, drop over to Apple Podcasts and give us a rating at your earliest possible convenience. Five stars would be a plus. Thank you very much. Bruce and Marty, thank you guys for your time tonight. Thanks, Johnny. Thanks, Bruce. And from all of us here, wherever you are in the world, we thank you for listening because it's all of you that listen that make this all possible. We love you and we love freedom and independence. And together we'll continue to fight for those in the marketplace of ideas. So we'll see all of you tomorrow. 